Good morning, team. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. And I think if you're looking for a villain today on this Monday morning, like you usually do, you need look no further than the big sports breakfast lunch multi. Did you see that effort between myself, Mosley, and, and Mossy on, on, on Friday? Actually, I, I forgot about that. But please enlighten us. That was absolutely <laughs> disgraceful. I've got to apologise to anyone at the last. I, um, I had Mirror Vision around top two, and she, she went like a bastard. Ali uh, Ali had Profondo. I think he ran last. <laughs> he did run last. And Mo- oh, Mossy had the, what the Newcastle Jets or something? Yeah, to beat Western United, they got beat themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I've got to apologise. All of our experts on big sports breakfast. <laughs> that has been one of the worst. Oh, Dear me. That's good. Uh, yeah, that was bad. It was bad. We invest highly in our experts. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm going to blame you, Ross. You're death riding every multi. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Very That's what true. I do. And Very I do a good true. job of that. Oh. That's one of the only things I do well, is death riding oh people. Oh, it None was from so three. bad. It was oh, that's so, so bad. Great. So bad. <laughs> Can't wait for your tips today, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's made <laughs> morning. Um, all right. Well, firstly, Adam, before we talk some racing out of the weekend, uh, what do you think the chances are that the players will bend to the NRL putting, well, the ability to sign back to, what, June 30 instead of November 1? Yeah, it's a proposal the NRL wants to push forward, Jared, by sort of pushing back that date by eight months to June 30. And I think a lot of people would express some frustration with the current transfer system at the moment. Like, I don't know what you guys think, but we've seen, what are we seeing? Stephen Crichton, uh, Dom Young, Thomas Flegler, Herbie Farnworth, all these guys announced their futures for 2024 at a different club, and they're going to play out an entire season at their current club. Will the players bend? Um, I doubt it, if I'm being honest, Jared. I think they realise there's potential to change the, the model a little bit, but whether they're going to change it as much to go back to June 30, which is essentially, what is that, Laws? Round 17, round 18 in the middle of the yeah. season to, to sign for another club. So, listen, if I'm being honest, this is going to be a major talking point in the next couple of days over the CBA. I don't think they're going to get agreement as it stands at the moment. I guess, I think what you'll probably find is they'll... Both parties will agree to do some more work on this in the next few months. Uh, they'll get everything else agreed to in the CBA and try to come back with a solution in the next, I suppose, three to six months. Okay, let's talk some racing then. And uh, NMO, uh, the superlatives, where do we start? What a performance in the tab, Chipping Norton. Yeah, if that's one of the last times, Jared, we see him on a, on a racetrack in Australia, well, what a, what a pleasure and a treat that was there on the weekend. I think that was him at his absolute best. A fast run mile where he was able to sit back off the speed and just get in a stalking position midfield. And he just showed that blistering acceleration we know he's got. And he was far too good for that field. I know the margin was only a little, uh, I suppose, a length and a quarter in the end, but he could have won by two and a half, three lengths if he was fair to Lincoln James McDonald in the last 100 metres or so. So I think if there was any doubt whatsoever, that's clearly uh, stamped him as the Australian racehorse of the year for the 2022-23 season. Can't wait to see him one or two more times in Sydney this autumn carnival before he heads across to the UK to take on Royal Ascot. And I, I did listen with uh, some great interest, Jerry, to the comments by Bruce McAvaney on the coverage on Channel 7. He actually said that win puts him alongside, so you think, in his opinion. I, I tend to agree with you a little bit, Jared. I think if he had that other Cox Plate on his resume, then no question. There's no doubt whatsoever. He won that Cox Plate as a three-year-old. But still right now, in my opinion, I know it's only pub chat, I've got so you think just slightly ahead of him at the moment. I agree. You agree? Um, oh, jeez. Oh, no, it's tough. Yeah, tough. Tough one, but anyway. What did you make of a sunshine in Paris uh, on the weekend, Adam, in the surround stakes? Because Annabelle, 
she thought that uh, she's a good filly and she was disappointed uh, she didn't win the previous start. Loz, I still can't believe she won on the weekends. Like I've, I've watched that replay four or five times, and it's almost like an addition of Where's Wally? Just his horse that you can't even see anywhere in the pack, and just pokes his nose out at the end and, and gets the bob. Like she was, it was just an amazing finish, wasn't it? I know you were disappointed with him secret not being able to, to get the bob in there, but uh, full credit to Annabelle Neesham. She's taken this filly uh, a long way in a very short space of time. She only won a Canberra Maiden probably four or five months ago now, and now she's a Group One winner in the Surround Stakes. I thought Ruthless Name looked the winner in the last 15 metres coming up from Victoria and she was desperately unlucky to be out-bobbed in the finish there. In Secret was good. She just probably got in the wrong part of the track in the end. Loz, that towards the inside was not really the go there at Ramick on the weekend. And Huey probably didn't think he had too many options at the top of the straight and angled back foot towards an inside run as we've got. She obviously ran well as well. But yeah, she uh, could be the new star on the scene, Sunshine in Paris. So lightly raced, plenty of more upside. Can't wait to see a race run at 12 months at the absolute least. And uh step up to the mark as a wait-for-age horse in, in the spring. Uh, the two-year-old picture. So Little Bros wins the Blue Diamond down south. What did you make of the performance? Yeah, it was a messy race, wasn't it, Jared? I don't want to take anything away from Ben and J.D. Hayes with Little Bros. He was fantastic winning that Blue Diamond, but so many hard luck stories. We can start off with Don Corleone, who was the runner-up. He just couldn't get a fair shot on him for the majority of the straight there at Sandown, so he was desperately unlucky. Steel City was a horse that I sort of favoured in that race. She got in the perfect position just behind the speed, and then the gaps just didn't open up for her, so she was a complete forgive run. And even a horse like Barber, who maybe was a tad disappointing on face value, still didn't get a proper goal, and I didn't think for a majority of the straight. So assessing the form coming out of that race, it's going to be a little bit difficult, but so many horses had hard luck stories. And moving up to Sydney here, Jared, for the two-year-olds, well... I was filthy myself on Mazaga. I've been talking up this horse for a while now, and I dropped off her there on the Sweet Embrace Stakes. I didn't quite think she might be able to match it with a, a horse like Skirt Delore, but she's franked that English Millennium form, running one, two, three, Mazago for Sile and, and Blanc de Blanc coming out of that race. So she's right in the golden super picture, I would have thought. And then going to the boys in the skyline, well, how good a good old from going at the moment with these two-year-olds? They're just firing on all cylinders at the moment. Cornisha's booked his spot in the race now. Shinzo... I think Darren Flindell said it in the call, Jared. He took a long while to get wound up in that race. There, he might be looking for sort of the 1,400 metres to a mile, maybe a size produce champagne later in the later in the campaign. But uh, yeah, that gold sort of picture keeps evolving each week, doesn't it? What'd you make of Alligator Blood winning the Futurity? <laughs> yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, I thought this horse, Jared, was absolutely gone about 18 months ago. He just completely lost his form. Had that issue with his kissing spine in the back and. I don't know how Adrian and Gay have done it, but they've got him back to his absolute best there on the weekend winning security. I don't know what happened to him Thunderstruck there on the weekend. I thought he was in the perfect position to stalk and run over the top of Alligator Blood, but he, he just didn't show that wicked turn of foot we know he's got. So he was a little bit disappointing on face value, but uh, take nothing away from the gate up. He was, uh, what's that, his fifth group one now, I think, at the moment. Jeez, he's, he's racking up these group ones at a, a pretty decent speed in the last six months, and I'm sure there might be one or two more in him left before the end of his career. The name escapes me, Adam. Uh, oh, Mogo Magic. What, what did you make of that run in the Tab Highway? Yeah, awesome, Loz. Awesome. He is he's such a raw horse. I don't think he knows what he's doing yet. And you can even see then he was over-racing in, uh, up front there in the Highway Handicap there on the weekends. But once Tim Clark went for him, geez, he put him away in a couple of strides. I know I'm only talking about a Highway Handicap here, but this horse is far better than Highway Grade. And the big question mark now is, is what does Scott Collings and the ownership group do? Because he's had some serious, serious offers come for this horse, in particular from Hong Kong. And I think we're talking close to seven figures, if not above. So, you know what my theory is on this, boys? If someone offers you that type of money, what do you do? 
<laughs> yeah, I think sell, you sell, you sell, sell. You change pretty money quickly. In the bank. Yeah, I know. Hundred percent. Yeah, but for a guy like Scott Collings, Jared as well, like he, he's probably not going to get a horse like this for a long, long time, if ever again. So they might want to have the fun trying to race him. But money in the bank, it counts for everything to me. I'm selling. Uh, but I get it. No, for sure. Uh, but should mention Golden 60. Did you see that race in Hong Kong last night? Yeah, I saw it quickly, Jared. I'd love to see. There was a bit of uh, social media chat last night. I know it's only pub talk, but Animo V Golden 60. You'd love to see them meet somewhere at some stage. I, I doubt what's obviously gonna ever, ever going to happen. But Hong Kong horses are so insular over there. They very rarely travel. And if they do travel, it's either to probably to the Middle East or Dubai. So mm-hmm. it's unlikely we'll see it. They've been, been blessed to see a couple of fantastic miles at the same time. Uh, one in Hong Kong and one in Australia, obviously. And Glenn Schofield's retired. Yes, he made the announcement on the weekend, Jared, uh, front of the Channel 7 coverage to say he's, he's finally handed his licence back to racing New South Wales. And what a career that Glenn's had for the best part of, what is it, 30-odd years, I think, at least he's been riding. And he's been riding in all different parts of the world. The one horse I'll always associate with Glenn is Boban. He was like the naughty school kid who just no one could control. And Glenn was like the teacher. He finally got the best out of him. And I always remember Glenn's rides on Boban. He just had that great affinity with that horse. So... I want to congratulate Glenn on a magnificent career. Let's hope uh, retirement treats him well. He'll be able to find some stuff to, to keep him busy. And uh, yet, yeah, well done to Glenn on, on a great riding career. Thank you, mate. See you, boys. Chat tomorrow.